just because I had this opportunity so early in my career doesn't mean that, you know, I'm uh, an expert by any means uh, that I know at all. There's still things that I'm learning every single day, about, uh, you know, news coverage and, and doing that. But it was uh, a position that was both challenging and one that I learned a lot from just on the job as, as, as well. All right, welcome to another episode of Broadcast Bolton, everybody. My name is Jim Stan. Hi, guys. I'm Jacob Brooks. Thanks so much for listening or watching. Uh, remember, our website, if you haven't been there, is broadcastbulletinpodcast.com. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Broadcast Bulletin, also on TikTok, too. Um, so for today's episode, we're going to welcome Bodie Brooks to the show. And no, he is not related to me. Hello, and thanks for staying late with us this Easter Sunday. I'm Bodie Brooks in for Gigi. We start tonight with a group of volunteers flying out of Kentucky today, headed to Poland to help Ukrainian refugee relief efforts. It is bumper to bumper traffic and just a sea of headlights right here on Highway 165 just south of I-20. There was an accident involving a Louisiana State Police Trooper this evening that happened uh, just a few hours ago. Yeah, Michelle, these lines are still long, even just less than 30 minutes out from the closing of the polling places here in Monroe. Bodie is the state capitol reporter for Fox 56 News. Lexington, Kentucky. Bodie has been in the TV business for almost three years now, but he's actually worked in broadcasting since the age of 16 when he got his start at the country station in his hometown of Somerville, Georgia. From there, he graduated uh, from the University of West Georgia. And while he was attending school, he entered and later got a job at WSB, the one radio station in Atlanta. And during his senior year of college, he was a weekend anchor for them. After he graduated, he started as the morning anchor and later became the main anchor at NBC 10 and Fox 14 News in Monroe, Louisiana. So Bodie has uh, been a part of the startup operation for Fox 56 Next Star's new station in Lexington when he was hired there in October of 2021. Today, Bodie is going to explain what it is like starting up a newscast from scratch, what it is like working as a political reporter, and so much more. Bodie, welcome to the show and congratulations, well, to you and everyone at Fox 56, who I'm sure is going to uh, love watching you uh, for their recent launch. Yeah, uh, Jacob, uh, appreciate it, and I uh, probably couldn't have written that bio better uh, myself. And uh, not only same last name, almost like half of the same first name. My real name is Jake, not Jacob, but Jake. So uh, it, it's funny how the stars align in that own way, but it's been a terrific experience working at uh, WDKY, and I'm happy to share uh, with you guys uh, any of the questions, any behind-the-scenes stuff of certainly what's been uh, a unique experience in my career. and. Uh, one that doesn't come along very often. Okay. So I'm really excited. Let's talk about first when you knew you wanted to get into news. Basically, this is the uh, Spark Notes version of when the bug hit you up until today. And also, you originally started in radio. So I'm wondering what got you into TV. Yeah, certainly. Um, Somerville, Georgia is a very, very small town. And I, and I figured out early on in my life, it was sometime in middle school, I was part of the uh, FFA group, uh, FI school, and, and figured out that I had a talent for public speaking. And so it wasn't very long before I uh, got the attention of our, our local radio station in town. 
And that was a, a place where you kind of wore several hats. Uh, you know, in addition to you know being a DJ, you were also covering the local news. Uh, you, you know, you had the swap shop uh, trading post type program going on at noon. Uh, you, you, you know, you'd voice spots. You did a little bit of everything. And through that experience, I found, okay, I, I really enjoy reporting the news, covering the news. You know, I'd go out to the city council meetings and, and, and you know, do a little write-up right after. Um, that was always, it was it was neat to be, you know, on the ground, getting witnesses stuff in, in, in real time as it happened. And then, uh, you know, kind of deliver the uh, exciting news, you know, back to your community of something going on. I remember, uh, you know, uh, one of the first... Th- stories I covered for the radio station was, you know, this, this lady who presented about possible filmmaking there in town. And, and, you know, that got a lot of uh, traction. I don't think it ever ended up going anywhere, but still it was, it's neat to, you know, see that, that interest, uh, you know, generated from your community. It was a very small, intimate, intimate community that, uh, you know, I got a lot of encouragement and people saying, Hey, you know, you're really, really good at this. And, uh, you know, fast forward a couple of years when I'm graduating from high school, you know, obviously at that point I decided, okay, uh, I want to go in, in, into journalism. I ended up getting a mass communications degree from the University of West Georgia with a concentration in convergence journalism. And uh, West Georgia has a terrific mass comm program. So while I was there, I got started with the student radio station at uh, UWG. And and I knew I wanted to do something newsy, uh, politically you know, oriented, but wasn't really sure you know, what that would be. Uh, it eventually came into... Uh, the form of a, of a radio show called the power hour, which was not my own original creation. It was something that would, had been created several years prior by uh, a man named Jared Yamamoto, who is also a very well-known figure in the Atlanta radio world. I got involved with the uh, college TV station uh, somewhere around my, my junior year, I want to say. And uh, by the time I graduated, I had gotten a fair bit of experience in, in both fields. So whenever it was time to, you know, start applying for jobs, uh, pretty much uh, start my name out there applying for whatever openings I could literally uh, the, the week that we had off for spring break in March of 2019 was whenever I started applying for jobs, bam, bam, just one after the other. Um, and, and I initially, you know, started going for uh, TV jobs. I knew that was something that I was interested in and, and wanted to become, you know, part of, um, saw the opening for the morning anchor job at KTVE. Now, Everybody that's watching who who has a broadcast career or has been involved in broadcasting in some way knows that coming right out of college to become an anchor is uh, incredibly rare and, and not something most folks should expect. But I really wanted to be an anchor. And, and, and I, the reason why was because it, was, it felt so much, you know – I think the skills that I'd gathered from radio and the skills that I'd gathered from doing TV really blended together well, where I felt like I could deliver this, uh, you know, presence that, uh, you know, could really do the job. And it was something I enjoyed doing. Um, so I was thinking, okay, I might have a shot at a weekend anchor gig at the very least, you know, coming right out. So I want, you know, I set my goals high, uh, Whenever I saw the morning anchor posting, I remember, you know, what the job requirements were. I'm thinking, well, the worst they could say is no. <laughs> Went ahead and applied for the job and, and uh, got a call that week. They flew me out to Monroe and uh, the rest is history there. You started at WSB Radio when you were in school, but did you hold any internships at all or you just worked at WSB? Yeah, so 
I interned there in the summer of 2018. And so I interned that whole summer and I was working, I was the one radio news uh, intern. And uh, that was also the same summer uh, before the, the Georgia governor's race. So we were still in the middle of uh, primaries at that time. So in addition to, you know, just covering general news, also get to experience some of the political coverage as well. Uh, I remember getting to help out on uh, one of the debates that were held at WSB. Uh, that was on a weekend too. I just, I knew it was coming up and, and I approached uh, one of the managers that I knew were, was a part of it. It was like, hey, is there any way I can come in and help out on this? And that was just neat uh, to be a part of. I did that uh, internship. And towards the end of it, um, they really liked the work that uh, I was doing there. In fact, towards in the last few weeks of the internship, they actually allowed me to go on air and do full newscasts on WSB, which not many interns prior to me had gotten to do, which uh, w was very humbling, but also just, you know, a, a huge honor itself as well. Uh, because that's just a, a station that's just so much history. The fact that, you know, yeah. your voice went out on those airwaves almost feels like, you know, a, an achievement of its own. So towards the end of it, uh, the news director, Chris Camp, uh, you know, called me. Um, you know, I remember, you know, the word specifically, he said he appreciates whenever interns, you know, they can bring something to the table and he felt like I did that. So they offered me a, a job and that was to be a weekend anchor uh, for you know, the next, whenever it was pretty much until I graduated. So not long after you started at KTVE, you were promoted to the main evening anchor from the main morning anchor. What was that like getting such a prominent position so quickly after graduating and so quickly after starting at NBC 10? Mix of emotions. Uh, certainly, you know, you're honored, overwhelmed, humbled. Uh, but you have a big challenge in front of you. And also at the same time, you kind of have this, this weird, you know, it was like, you know, how long do I really want to want to be here, do this? Cause I mean, you know, virtually I could have stayed there as long as I wanted. Um, it was not something I ever expected. You know, I was enjoying my, you know, I kind of had my thing all going on mornings. Um, you know, ran things uh, pretty, pretty well as it was, you know, well, well machine, so to speak. When that position uh, opened up, even then I still didn't even consider that they would ask me to do it. Um, they brought in candidates that, you know, they, they thought would be a, a, a good fit and, you know, the search continued and, you know, I, I didn't really think anything of it until they approached me and asked me how I, I thought about doing it. Just because I had this opportunity so early in my career doesn't mean that, you know, I'm uh, an expert by any means, uh, that I know at all. There's still things that I'm learning every single day about, uh, you know, news coverage and doing that. But it was uh, a position that was both challenging and one that I learned a lot from just on the job as, as, as well, which I, I mean, you could say about any position. Um, but I grew a lot during it as well because that I was promoted three months before uh, the coronavirus pandemic happened. And that was uh, something where 
the news director who'd come in at that time, even prior to, you know, it really blowing up like it did in, in March, you know, in February, I remember we were hitting COVID coverage hard to the point where I remember even questioning, like, are we doing too much here? And then, well, we all know what happened. <laughs> and, uh, you know, everything certainly changed. And, you know, I was doing newscasts on my own. Uh, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, growing that I had to do just to kind of hold things down uh, there on my own for evenings. But I think that, um, I mean, all of the response that I got was positive. You said uh, COVID that you kind of started doing that right after, not long after you got promoted to the main evening desk position. So uh, what was it like covering COVID so far? And what were some of the challenges you faced covering COVID? Burnout is a good uh, challenge that I think everybody in news uh, dealt with covering COVID. And that's just because before COVID, I remember, you know, there was, there was a time where I was racing to get to a TV to watch news, uh, any news that I could. And I think that, you know, just the, the overwhelming amount of coverage you know, from it kind of was a bit draining. You're talking about it every day. You're exposed to it every day. Uh, it, it can be just a lot uh, on the mind itself to be exposed to just so much negativity that it, it kind of, uh, there was a lot of, you know, uh, you know, personal growth and development. I had to go through to sort of manage uh, how much I was exposing myself to that. And, uh, you know, eventually things sort of leveled out where I could, you know, still take in the news and still balance my, you know, responsibilities for work and it not feel like uh, too much. Our station, KTV, was a, 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 is a much smaller t- uh, a TV station. Uh, so as an anchor, we I wasn't I never anchored from home or anything like that. Uh, but you know, I'd come in and I, it was a, a rather solitary <laughs> experience for the first uh, you know few months. The only people were there were people that that had to be there in the building. Um, but as, as you know, we kind of got more adjusted, things kind of, uh, you know, slowly started getting back uh, to normal. I would say that, you know, one of the, the more uh, daunting and intimidating things about covering the coronavirus pandemic was uh, you dealt with a lot of hostility uh, with people because I think, you know, everybody was sort of on edge. And so you, you saw more hostility coming out and just vitriol from people over, over coverage, uh, you know, regardless if that was really, you know, if, if those feelings were really genuinely towards you or they were just towards the media uh, in general, I mean, you were, you're still catching, you know, uh, the, the negativity from it. Uh, you know, shortly after that, you had an election that, you know, you had people that had some strong feelings on both sides about it. And so, uh, you know, just trying to cover that and, and dealing with uh, all of the negativity coming in. From, I mean, there were, I remember there was a, a several months that I just had to, you know, kind of put social media away because I just could not keep exposing myself to it and, and still, uh, you know, going to work every day and be able to, to, you know, focus on doing my work without it just draining me. So you were in Monroe for a little more than two years. Why did you decide, I'm curious, to take the job um, at Fox 57? And how did that come about? And also, like, what made you decide to leave an established news organization for a startup? So as I started, uh, you know, looking for different opportunities, uh, this opportunity within the next hour 
uh, you know, organization uh, came up. And it wasn't the first one that I had applied for. At that point, I'd already started applying for uh, different jobs. But, you know, nothing was really uh, a good fit. And so in contrast to my very first job search in college, which took less than a week, I want to say this one lasted two to three months. It, it took a little while. And even after the job was posted for WDKY or the jobs, because there were several positions that were posted and I applied for, for multiple uh, because, you know, in the posting itself, it's already explained what was going on with WDKY. And so uh, being a bit of the broadcast nerd that I am, I just started, you know, doing my own research and started watching clips and trying to figure out what I could internally uh, just about what was going on at the station. And uh, it became one of those, you know, there were, there were a few stations I applied to it and you anything back and I just let it go and, and, you know, move on. I wouldn't really try and, and you know, follow up any further. Uh, but this one stuck with me. I don't know what it was. It just kept, you know, it kept me up and I was like, I gotta need to, you know, look into this, look into it more. And, you know, I'd applied for a position, not heard anything back. Uh, you know, my news director reached out, put in a good word for me, sort of wait and, Finally, got impatient enough that I emailed the news director uh, at, at WDKY directly. Say, hey, I just want to, you know, see my still in consideration for uh, these positions. You know, I uh, certainly, if, if you know, you know, feel like the, I'm a great fit here, I, I I get it, but I'm more interested in just being part of this, you know, startup it, it itself. So, um, you know, we got a conversation going. Uh, me and Mark Glover, the news director at WDKY, and even though. <laughs> You know, I had grown so anxious over over potentially being passed over for this opportunity. Turns out I was the very first hire they made. So I got in early. <laughs> so what drew you to, to political reporting? I think just a general interest in, in politics on its own. I mean, just growing up, I was always fascinated with like the presidents, that kind of thing. You know, uh, presidential trivia, uh, you know, getting into schoolhouse rock, you know, how a bill becomes a law, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, as I've gotten older, that's still just something that I'm just really into every election season. You know, I'm watching every single debate. Uh, I, I, I like to keep up with politics, like how most people my age keep up with sports, whereas I have no interest in sports. So this can be at least, I guess, fill that, that need for me. <laughs> um, it's, it's something that, you know, I feel like I already do naturally, I guess, in a way. So getting paid to do it makes it a little easier. Now, you know, there are some added challenges to it. You know, not every story every day is going to be, you know, dramatic enough to really sink your teeth into. I mean, you know, covering while there was a bit of drama around Kentucky's budget here. I mean, you know, trying to to, to, to package something like a, a, a budget is a uh, a bit of a challenge sometimes to make that interesting for TV. Um, you know, there, there was one day I was covering this like infrastructure stuff that I was thinking, okay, how do I make this visually? How am I going to make this sing? So there's that added challenge there, but I enjoy it because um, I, I think people that know me know that I, you know, kind of enjoy taking complicated, complex things and trying to, to take them and, and make them, you know, digestible, tan you know, understandable in a way that it, even if it is a little bit boring, here, here's, here's the big picture and here's what it means. And just, you know, taking some of that complex political stuff and just kind of bringing it down to ground. 
Okay, so walk us through your day-to-day at Fox 56. When are you starting your day? When you're ending it? Just what's a typical day at uh, work like for you? And how many stories are you turning a day? Uh, most days I'll turn, um, you know, one main story. I might have a backup Vosot or, or something going on. And, and really, it kind of depends. Uh, every day is a little different from the other. Um, on a general day, I'm coming in around 10, 1030. And depending on what's going on in the Capitol that day, I mean, sometimes, you know, the thing I'm more interested in covering is happening before 10 or 10.30. So I'll just, that's on me to come in a little bit early, make sure it's covered. Um, what Right now we're in the middle of session. So, you know, I'm attending a fair amount of committee meetings, but also just keeping an eye on the, the, the legislature itself whenever it meets. Most days I aim to try and have, because right now we only have one early newscast. It's a 6.30. So in addition to going on later than, than other folks in town, I think the earliest newscast that starts in the Lexington market is, is four, get a little bit more time to get things ready. So, you know, if I have all of my elements together for my story by, you know, 3.30 at the latest, I'm still doing pretty good for the day. But if I cover something at like 11, <laughs> I got plenty of time to really kind of throw some stuff together. Uh, sometimes, you know, what I'll end up covering committee ends up just becoming a BOSOT, uh, which I'm not sure if everybody watching is familiar with, you know, the industry terms of a BOSOT is kind of a shorter 45 second stories, quick anchor read with one sound bite, you know, move on. Uh, you know, sometimes it may change during the day. I mean, certainly this week, you know, I, there was one day I went to the Capitol and covered this committee meeting over this rural broadband stuff. We ended up bosoning it because we had this bad weather coming in and they wanted me to do, uh, you know, focus more on that. So um, I could sort of change in that respect too. Sometimes one element of this newsroom that we're trying to do that's a bit different from others is we're really trying to uh, hit that digital first model uh, in, in, in a true digital first way. So we're encouraged to try and, you know, get our, our digital uh, stuff, what, you know, the things we're writing for Ooh. the web on the web uh, well before uh, our package makes airtime. And, and depending on how our day goes, that's certainly something that is possible. I mean, I've been able to get up stuff, uh, you know, hours for the newscast. And that's, you know, just kind of a sign of how things are, are changing <laughs> in, in, in news, so to speak. Uh, but it's also nice to sort of see how that process has been implemented here. And it's very streamlined and I really appreciate how it's been streamlined here, but even, you know, nothing we're doing here, you know, no story is going to be held back just for TV. We want to get it out. So almost every day I go uh, live. It's very rare that I do like a look live type deal unless what I was doing, I came in just incredibly early to the point where it just wouldn't be practical for me to just wait around for a couple hours to go live. Um, and, and so most of the time I'll go live in Frankfurt uh, for the 630 news. And that'll be the last thing I do uh, for my day is, you know, go live, present my story. Then I hop back in, in the car and, and make the 40 minute drive from Frankfurt back to Lexington. Uh, pack up my things back at the station and head on home. Usually I'm, I'm home by about eight. Are you running your own live shots? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, pretty much everybody uh, works as an MMJ. We have uh, a morning photog. Um, and as, you know, 
time passes and you know, sort of continue to kind of grow and expand, I expect, you know, we'll, we'll bring more folks like that on board. But for the time being, I fully MMJ my own stuff. The only time uh, in memory that I've had anybody help me out is I did uh, one live shot. It was, it was sort of driving related. And we did it inside the station sort of parking deck. So it wasn't really going anywhere. So uh, news director Mark kind of helped sort of set up this, this neat spot where, you know, I was being shot like through the windshield. It was like perfectly lit and everything it needed to be for a live shot. Um, and then more recently here with the ice storm, I was paired with a fellow reporter and we were just kind of helping each other out in both, you know, running each other's live shots in that respect. But, you know, for the most part, I am Jay Foley. Okay. And do you feel like, I know you probably heard about that reporter, you know, who got hit by the car. Do you feel like there's a safety risk with doing that? Yeah, I do. Uh, I think, you know, something that's important with this job is, you know, uh, just being aware of your surroundings and certainly everywhere I go, that is something that's in the back of my mind just uh to, to be aware uh, of who's around you at whatever time you know there's been a few times if, if you ever see of, of my live shots from the, the capitol i go uh to a, an overlook it's a scenic overlook right off sort of a not semi-busy road i'm super busy every now and then i'll get up there and there's somebody else in a parked car and i don't know what they're doing there and i'm sure they're minding their own business and doing whatever but there's always that possibility could be somebody who's not that friendly uh, you know, while we were out covering the snow uh, this past week, you know, we were just right off from a gas station. So there was somebody who pulled up beside us and hopped out and they just ranted a bit about political stuff. And you're just like, all right, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your input. And you just, you know, try and treat them like whatever or <laughs> treat them respectfully. <laughs> no, um, thankfully for me, I, I've not had any situations where I felt like my safety was compromised. Um, but that's certainly something that we're always self-aware of. I think in this newsroom, um, the management here has sort of prioritized, you know, Hey, because everybody's sort of on their own, we are going to be mindful of your safety. If you don't feel safe, you know, communicate that with us. Um, and, and, you know, we've only been going for a month. We've not had any sort of situations where that, uh, has been, a problem, but yeah, always something that's sort of in the back of your mind. Let's talk about what your experience has been like at Fox 56 so far and what's it like working for a startup operation. Do you feel like because you're the new ones on the block that uh, viewers or officials, maybe they don't take you guys as seriously as the other stations in town? I don't think so. And I think we have the added benefit of sort of having an established identity here it's 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 weird because the the existing on-air product before january 1 uh, i've not really seen that kind of setup before in any other market and, and for those watching who may not have been aware cbs affiliate uh, that's owned by great television wkyt for many years um i think maybe even prior to Gray ownership. I'm not sure. Um, they have produced WDKY's 10 o'clock news and their morning news whenever that was added. I'm not sure when. That uh, relationship, that agreement has existed since pretty much the Fox 56 News inception, you know, back in, in, in the mid 90s. Uh, 
in that, I mean, sort of the same sort of like, I guess, operationally speaking, you know, things at WKYT kind of worked like any duopoly would, but it was just different because both stations, both signals were owned by two completely separate entities. Um, I'm not sure who it was prior to Sinclair, but then Sinclair for a little while. And then Nextstar bought the station in 2020. Uh, they looked at things. They say, hey, we want to do things in-house. Uh, so they started laying the groundwork to start building that new newsroom. So because we had that sort of a step brand uh, or identity, it wasn't as hard to sort of, you know, put, you know, footing down. Uh, in addition, you know, some of the people we have working behind the scenes have been, you know, great at sort of establishing that as well. Miranda Combs, our assistant news director, uh, she is a, a legend in this market as, as far as reporting goes. So for virtually any story I've, I've done, you know, she knows somebody to talk to. Um, also, whenever I got here, you know, most any station, you know, depending, there are some stations where you can go on air your first day. Uh, there's some stations that give you a, a grace period, maybe like a week or so to train, uh, or maybe a few days. I think at KTBE, I think I had three days worth of training before I went on air. Uh, here, we weren't on air for three months. So that was a full three months of time that we had to start kind of getting connected. And, and so Almost every day for about three months, uh, the news team or, or, or a good portion of us were out networking with uh, all sorts of different folks in the community, whether it be, you know, uh, people, your officials like police or your organizations like, you know, tourism, uh, you know, travel folks, that kind of thing uh, in, in several different communities all around here, sort of kind of explaining what's going on, but also just introducing ourselves, putting our faces out there and, and you know, sort of making ourselves known for me, certainly I was uh, trying to connect with lawmakers, meet with them, explain what was going on, but also just sort of take a temperature on Kentucky politics. Uh, you know, covering politics, it's sort of helpful to have kind of a background info of what's going on. And that, you know, takes a bit of time to uh, sort of develop and understand, you know, get a grasp on, on what are the, the real issues here. And if every station I worked at, you know, could have that experience. I think you could, you would see uh, some very, uh, well, you're seeing well-rounded reporting, like regardless at many different stations, but, um, you know, just right out of the gate, I think it's, it's nice to, to, you know, start off with this very uh, healthy knowledge and understanding of the market, which you wouldn't normally have in your first few weeks on air. So as covers political issues, obviously that's your job. Have you experienced any um, pushback from people in your area, whether it be from politicians or viewers to the media? And why do you think um, that is the case? And also, um, what is your message to people who accuse the media um, uh, and particularly local news of being biased? Pushback, I would say I've not gotten, you know, push back uh so to speak i mean certainly there are some stories that are easier to cover than others some stories that are easier to get folks to talk to you about than others um you meet folks out on the street and you tell them what they do there is this initial sort of assumption about what political reporters are and, and you know i'm not going to disagree with uh you know the the, the 
generalized view that, you know, that there are some reporters that kind of have a bit of a biased uh, skew on politics, but you're seeing that a lot more on a more national network side. In this news climate, have yours accused your reports of being biased? And then also what steps do you take as a journalist to ensure they are not biased? There are some people that I remember there was somebody who directly uh, messaged me and it was about the, um, the Aunt Jemima, uh, whenever that, that change happened, whenever they changed the, the, the logo or whatnot, you know, somebody emailed me with this long thing about how, you know, it was actually supposed to be uh, this X, Y, and Z and, and whatnot. I'm like, listen, I don't have an opinion on this. Also, if you watch the newscast, this was not a story I chose to include today. Uh, we just focused solely on local issues. And, and, and so sometimes I think some of the criticisms come from a place of somebody just is trying to find a target to let their frustrations out on. And unfortunately, sometimes that target ends up being a, a local journalist versus, you know, you have such a, uh, a deep pool of, of so many different options in news now and social media is really not helping things either. I mean, uh, we can go down the rabbit hole of, of, of algorithms and things, but, you know, people get fired up, emotional, reactive to whatever sort of news story and they want to take it out on, on whoever. Okay. So what's next for you? We know you just started at Fox, but do you see yourself leaving for maybe something bigger down the line? And what's the ultimate career goal for you? Uh, you know, that's a great question because, you know, you, you don't want to start thinking too much about what the next step's going to be whenever you've only just started, uh, you know, your next opportunity. You know, certainly I've been asking myself, okay, I'm here now. How long do I want to stay here? Uh, and, and I'm not, you know, sure yet how long I'll stay here. I imagine it'll be a, a good little while unless I have a good reason, you know, not to, but you know, there's no reason for me to, to not stay here for a little, good little bit. Cause I really do. Uh, like the city of Lexington, I really enjoy this area, and I want to get to you know experience it, understand it a little bit more than just kind of a, a you know, get to know it better than I did Monroe. And I felt like I got to know Monroe and, and Louisiana's issues very well. Um, but if I want to truly make something like home, I feel like you know having a more intimate relationship of just how things work and get to really just slow down, get to really experience it is important. If I, you know, go through this and, and I don't uh, renew, which I, I haven't, you know, decided whether or not, you know, that'll happen yet. That's, a, you know, a good ways down the road. Um, you know, I'd certainly like to still at least stay in this uh, community for a little bit. You know, I've always thought if, if um, other opportunities presented themselves, like you see many folks that'll end up going into, uh, you know, some type of PR type role or communications director type role. Uh, a majority of the people that I'd say I ha have to, you know, communicate with just covering the Capitol, uh, every single official has their communications person that you have to sort of field things through. And a lot of those people, uh, I'd say a little over half of them, typically have some sort of background or experience working in news. And, and uh, so that's an experience that I'd be open to uh, just to sort of have a change of pace. If, you know, for some reason down the long I, I line, I look at, you know, what I'm doing now and decide, okay, I'm, you know, 
I want something different. I want to have a, a change up to, uh, you know, the day to day. And certainly if I want to have something that's, when I say stable, a more stable understanding of how my day is going to go. Cause you know, ice storm happens and you got to, you know, sort of your life stops for two days so you can kind of deal with that. You know, it can drain you a little bit. I'm in my mid twenties right now. I can snap back from that just fine, but it's not going to be that way forever. So, um, you know, whenever we kind of reach that point where, you know, those thoughts are, are really kind of uh, there, you know, we'll, we'll make a decision then, but, you know, certainly open to different types of options, anything where, you know, I can, I can, uh, use my voice. I'm a good speaker. Uh, <laughs> and what advice do you have for those like me who are, um, looking to pursue a career in broadcast journalism? Well, there's a lot of advice. I mean, certainly if you can take away anything from some of the you know stuff that I've talked about here, and there's so many other, you know, breaking news type stories where I could just sort of talk about where, you know, the stress level, uh, the, the, you know, little amount of sleep that you get, all of it isn't worth it if you're not committed to what you're doing and you don't truly love what you do and you can still love what you do and, you know, hit, hit a burnout point and just kind of decide maybe I need to take a break or, or whatnot, but ultimately, you know, going into this, uh, you know, knowing how to manage uh, your uh, stress, anxiety, that sort of things that will be important, um, you know, going into this field. I was somebody who, you know, went into it 100%, you know, engines going and it was easy for me uh, kind of, you know, midway through, especially with, with COVID, as I mentioned before, to kind of hit that burnout point and have to sort of reassess and, and figure out, you know, how to balance the amount of news I'm exposing myself to, to, you know, uh, what I'm doing with work. Certainly with the experiences I just shared with covering the ice storm, uh, it's not the first time where I've had to, you know, spend a few nights, you know, uh, purely for work-related purposes. Um, it, it is a, a full on commitment and, and something you have to be sort of prepared for, which, you know, in college can sound great whenever you're an, an adult with, with other, you know, sort of responsibilities, it can kind of uh, hit you a little bit differently. So just know what you're getting yourself into, know what you're signing uh, up for. And uh, when it comes to the storytelling, you know, itself, uh, there's going to be times where uh, you think you got it right. You're going to make mistakes and you're going to have people who, um, you know, I've not gotten flack particularly from people who, who just, Oh, you did this wrong. Before. But you know, there's been times for where I might've gotten, you know, this part of a story, I didn't quite grasp it. Right. And, you know, somebody contacted me after that. Like, hey, you need to, you know, correct this. Um, you know, the first time that might happen, it may be a bit of a, of an eye opener, a, a shock. And, and certainly when you're working in a field where you're putting yourself out there, you know, the work you're doing, the things you're writing, the packages you're making, that to an extent is an extension of your own sort of your creativity. It's an extension of yourself. And you put that out there and people just dump on it. Uh, it can wear you down and you just have to be prepared for that, how to manage that and sort of let, especially things that are said on social media sort of uh, roll off your back. 
Um, but also know that, you know, making mistakes are okay as long as you know how to learn from them and accept the fact that you will make mistakes. That's uh, a big part of it too. You know, I'm, I'm a huge perfectionist and, and, and that's, you know, something I, I work through constantly, uh, you know, every day, but I accept the fact that, you know, mistakes happen sometimes. And, and as long as you're learning from those mistakes, uh, becoming a much more better, well-rounded journalist, that's all that matters. What is your favorite color? Blue. Where were you born? Uh, Rome, Georgia, but just right on the road from Somerville because the town is so small it doesn't have a hospital. How many siblings do you have? I have uh, three younger siblings. Two of them are step-siblings, but, you know, I I still count them and love them nonetheless. Uh, So I'm I'm the eldest of uh, four altogether. All right. Hobbies in your spare time? Um, You know, I play video games a fair little bit. Um, I'm a a huge Doctor Who fan uh, as well. Um, So actually trying to to watch all of the classic episodes right now, which is... uh, I'm well over a year into doing that. It's it, it's quite an endeavor. Um, in addition to that, I like to experiment with cooking every now and then. By experiment doesn't necessarily mean that I'm good at cooking, um, but you know, it, it's all fun nonetheless. You have any pets? I have a dog. His name's Roosevelt. Um, getting out and just exploring with him because of the weather uh, being so cold here in in Kentucky. Haven't been able to go out and explore as much, but uh, you know, any park or trail that we can go uh, hang out in is uh, also pretty fun. Okay, favorite TV show? Oh well, I, I just mentioned uh, I'm a big Doctor Who fan, but you know that, that it's hard to set a lot of favorite. Uh, you know, certainly that's taking a lot of my watching right now. But you know, I've whenever The Good Place was still in its original run. A huge The Good Place fan. Um, House of Cards during, you know, at the height of its popularity, loved House of Cards. Uh, Breaking Bad and, and the, you know, the spinoffs that have come from it. Uh, those have all been great. The Walking Dead, you know, whenever it was, it also whenever it reached the height of its popularity, was also a, a, a huge favorite of mine. And uh, growing up in Georgia, got to check out a lot of the places where it was filmed, have met some of the cast, that kind of thing. That, that covers a good good number of favorite shows. Uh, there's probably some others that I'm failing to mention. But. Favorite type of music? Classic rock. Uh, Pink Floyd, Elton John, uh, really into Yes, a little bit more, um, not as mainstream, um, but you know, any, any sort of classic rock radio station while I'm out and about, I can just flip that on and I'm happy with whatever they got going on. Favorite movie? It's hard to just pick one. So I'm going to say the Back to the Future trilogy because if you ever watch those, they all kind of just run together on their own. But that's the that's always been my favorite. Uh, I'd say a good runner-up to that is Ed Wood. Um, that's more about filmmaking. That you see on the wall was an Ed Wood movie. Uh, the the movie Ed Wood is a biopic director, um, and it's just. If you, if you like, uh, you know, classic Hollywood, anything about cinematography, filmmaking, uh, uh, it's definitely a must-watch. You have a favorite book? I would, uh, it's easier to say I have a favorite book 
series. I, I'm, and it's really more from when I was a kid. Have you ever heard of the, the series of unfortunate events books? Always loved those books as a kid. Uh, tried to reread them all as an adult um, with varying degrees of success. And finally, what is one thing most people would be surprised to learn about you? I am far more messy and less organized than I probably than probably what I give off, I guess. <laughs> so where can our listeners connect with you on social media? Yeah, I'm uh, on all of your main your, your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you know, you search Bodie Brooks, uh, B-O-D-E-B-R-O-O-K-S, Fox 56, uh, should come up for you. There's not a lot of Bodies out there, <laughs> so shouldn't be too hard to find. All right. Well, Bodie, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. All right. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for bearing with me as the sun continues to, to fight against the camera, but um, <laughs> hopefully the audio is, is a lot more tolerable. <laughs> it is. And thank you, the listener, or if you're watching the sun glaring in his window for joining us for broadcast bulletin, we release new episodes uh, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave a five-star review so that more can find us. And on YouTube, we're at Broadcast Bolton on YouTube, so subscribe there uh, for the latest episodes. BroadcastBoltonPodcast.com is the website. Broadcast Bolton is our Instagram. That's where we're going to put all the news on the podcast first, so please follow that. We are on TikTok. We haven't done much with it, but we're going to try to do more. That's a goal of ours. Uh, and then you'll find out about the show on all those platforms. So for Jacob Brooks, I'm Jim Stanton. See you next time. The views and opinions expressed by the guests in this episode of Broadcast Bulletin are solely theirs. They do not reflect those of their past or present employers, nor those of Broadcast Bulletin or its hosts in any way. Uh, incredibly professionally. Sorry, the sun is is kind of hitting me a bit hard here. I'm trying to adjust the lighting for you guys.